Good morning to everyone. Coming to you from the Summit Responsible Solutions Studios. Welcome to Better Lawns and Gardens. I'm Teresa Watkins. How are you doing, everyone, out there? It's just been an incredible week. Nicole came through. Category 1 brought more rain, more flooding, and heavy winds. I hope you're safe and sound wherever you're listening from, and you have electricity. Uh, Tony and I, we lost electricity um, early Thursday morning, and uh, we're out all the way through Friday. So a big thank you to OUC and all the working crews out there trying to restore everybody. Good morning, Lizzie. How are you? Good morning. Doing good. I guess uh, we did pretty well during Nicole. So yeah, you and Sydney, the no property damage, no wind. How much rain did you get? Do you know? Um, maybe a couple inches. Nothing like major. Uh, we did lose our fence on the back of the property, but that's it's it's old and it was ready to be replaced anyway. So, right. So but it's yeah. giving you a good a good we, excuse to to replace it. Yeah, we can't complain. So yeah. literally the grace of God we did good. So. I know. So many didn't and it's just it's shocking how how severe it was. I wasn't expecting it. No. no. I wasn't either. I was I don't think anybody and I, I mean if anybody did predict this, then you know, I got I need a lot of numbers because I, whenever I saw um, them come on the news and go, um, if you're in these condos, you need to get out now because they're going to collapse. And I'm like, whoa, wait, when, what, huh? When did this happen? I know. It, it, was, it was shocking to me. Nicole became uh, only the third November hurricane on record since 1853. It's not, you know, even though it is hurricane season to November 30th, we usually don't get them. And uh, it, um, there was a 1935 Yankee hurricane, it was called, and Hurricane Kate in 1985. And so the winds did die down after uh, it made landfall as Category 1 about 5 a.m. Thursday near Vero Beach. But its storm surge slammed into the shoreline, and the neighbor, neighboring barrier islands, Wilbur-by-the-Sea, pretty Wilbur-by-the-Sea and Daytona Beach, um, you know, uh, just sent homes crashing into the ocean. They declared 24 hotels and condos in Daytona Beach and New Smyrna, New Smyrna Beach to be unsafe to live in. 24 hotels oh, man. and at least 25 homes in Wilbur-by-the-Sea have been declared structurally unsound. So that's kind of very sad. But we have some relief this week in the weather. South Florida and Central Florida, we're going to have mostly sunny days with temperatures in the low to mid-80s daytime, lows in the 70s and 60s, while North Florida, you're getting a cold front midweek with more rain, a few thunderstorms and temperatures in the 60s and 50s at night. So send those cool temperatures down. We we, we would love those. For, really? Right? Uh, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Today at Peterson's Nursery, you don't want to miss the informative lecture at 9 a.m. They're going to be discussing planning a perfect landscape. The Peterson Nursery and Garden Center is on 2184 County Road, 540A in Lakeland in uh, Polk County. Howie and Karen Peterson are third generation of the Peterson family that has grown the nursery for over 80 years. They're good folks, people. So if you're in Polk County, it is the place to go looking for your garden plants, your landscape needs. It is wonderful. So when you go in, say hi to them from Teresa and Lizzie at Better Lawns and Gardens. We have a great show for you today. You're going to want to get your pen and notepaper ready. We have Dana Venrick, owner of Quality Green Specialists. And one of our great sponsors who will be giving us tips on selecting trees that are wind-resistant, the best tr fruit trees for Florida right now, and planting citrus trees, and so much more. So it's going to be um, a wonderful first hour. And then on our second hour, we have Better Lawns and Gardens host emeritus Tom McCubbin. He is going to call in and let us know how he and jo Joni did during Nicole and the important things you're going to want to do in your gardens and landscape after this hurricane. It's going to be very important. So we'll see how he did. And uh, we also have Dirty Word of the Day coming up in the second hour and lots of fun information. Uh, if you'd like to give us a call, one 455 2967 is our phone number. And then also we can text 23680. Let us know how you did in the storm, how your landscape looks. We lost some branches, some a little bit of, you know, the tree debris. And it took out all, like, the tips, the ends of, of the trees and, and just placed them all throughout our yards. And so I'm always impressed at everyone who gets their lawn cleaned up, 
the day after a storm. Yeah. And 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 they're all piled on the you know on the on the sidewalk and, and ready for it to be picked up. And I'm going, wow. When did they get time to do that? Oh, that's my thing. I'm very impressed. But now during because after we we didn't end up doing wall to wall coverage here. So after the show, the morning show uh, Thursday, I was able to go home, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, but I got a lot of stuff done. And then I saw other friends on Facebook who also posted that they got a lot of stuff done because the whole family was kind of forced to be home. So they made everybody kick in and start doing stuff. So maybe that's how they get it maybe all done. Maybe that's how they do it. Because I did see some children raking. And I thought that was good. <laughs> you don't often see children raking, you know, leaves and, and trees and debris. Child and, services, and where are you? <laughs> I know my my daughter. I used to make them pull weeds, and they hated it. Absolutely hated pulling weeds uh, when they were, you know, seven, eight, ten years old. And uh, then you know, you get the call from your your grown daughter going, "Mom, the kids are pulling weeds." I, it's so <laughs> much fun watching them, and it's so good, you know. And so I'm going, "Yes, that's good." Well, our temperatures this month are going to average around 79 degrees. So we are going to see the 80s, and we are going to get down uh, the average lows are 59. So we are going to be enjoying some of those cool temperatures up in North Florida, but less humidity for us. And the rainfall, we've already met our total for the month, 232. So it's usually the average rainfall. How's that for exact for the average? That's, 232. There you go. I'm liking that. Coming up is the owner of Green Qualities, uh, Quality Green Specialist in the land, Dana Venrick. Stay tuned. We'll be right back from the Summit Responsible Solutions Studios. I'm Teresa Watkins. It's Saturday morning. You're listening to Better Lawns and Gardens. And this is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network. Hey, Florida. We know you love getting out on the water. But do you know what to wear when you're out there on the water? A life jacket, of course. And whether you're fishing, skiing, sailing, or just cruising the water, there's a perfect life jacket designed for you and your activity. Always check the label to make sure your life jacket is U.S. Coast Guard approved. Then try it on to make sure it fits properly. And then wear it. Life jackets save lives. Visit wearitflorida.com to learn more. That's wearitflorida.com. If you don't have a health plan through your employer, you can still get quality health insurance through the federal marketplace. Not sure where to begin? A navigator can help you cut through the clutter. There's no obligation, and getting help is always free. Open enrollment ends on January 15th, so don't wait. It's easy. From your mobile phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword navigator. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dial text message from iHeartMedia. That's pound 250 navigator. Recently, I was on a flight riding on a legal pad, and the man next to me struck up a conversation. Are you an author, he asked. I said, no, I'm actually a preacher. Well, the look on his face was priceless. How would you feel if you're stuck sitting next to a preacher for several hours? Surprisingly, though, we had a good conversation. He asked me several questions about Jesus, and I told him that the Bible says if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, Christianity is worthless. Ever thought about that? You see, the truthfulness of Christianity hinges on whether Jesus died and rose from the grave. There's great evidence for it, and I'm one of the billions of Christians around the globe who believes that the resurrection really happened. If Jesus did conquer death, then he's worthy of your trust. If he didn't, reject him because he's a fraud. I believe he really conquered death. What do you believe? This is Brian Wright, speaking right from my heart. For more on this and other topics, visit rightfromtheheart.org. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-398-0651-800-398-0651-800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. 
Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-363-7934. 800-363-7934. That's 800-363-7934. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Welcome back to Better Lawns and Gardens. I'm Teresa Watkins. I'm so glad that you're here with Lizzie and I. You can text us at 23680. Let us know you're out there and joining us for your uh, morning coffee or tea, cup of tea, which is what I'm drinking. Lizzie, what are you drinking? Eggnog. <laughs> well, that's just a great spirit. That's wonderful. I love that. I love eggnog. <laughs> that is my all-time favorite. It beats out anything that I would choose. If I, had, if, if I could only have one thing the rest of my life, which I know would be horrible, but... Eggnog. It's 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 protein. It's yummy. It's Christmassy. It's like oh, so yeah. warm and it fuzzy. It is. It's comfort <laughs> comfort food. I don't blame you right there. So, joining us right now is the owner of Quality Green Specialist Nursery in Deland, Dana Venrick. He has a vast amount of knowledge and ex- expertise in the field of agriculture and horticulture. Dana received his MS from the University of Florida in Botany, Plant Physiology, Fruit Crops, and Chemistry. Very smart. He had six years of experience working with FDACs, and that's the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Sciences. And he served for 10 years as the University of Florida commercial horticultural agent as well. We, he has a passion to help you with your horticulture and agricultural needs at, at his nursery. And he has beautiful fruit trees and native plants. He also has organic products like azomite, and organic-based and best management practices-friendly fertilizers, natural and organic pesticides, compost, and organic potting soil. Good morning, Dana. How are you? How are you, Teresa? You know, thank you for such a great introduction. Oh, well, and it's, also Lizzie. Yeah, well, it's so true. You have been an asset to Florida for years, and uh, it just—I'm um, so glad you came on because I know you've had a busy week. How was Nicole with you? How did your home and nursery fare during the storm? Well, most everything was uh, blown over here in the nursery. You know, they were containerized. We spent all day, uh, day before yesterday, taking picking everything up. And uh, yesterday, and I'm looking out at the nursery now. It's just beautiful. It, we have everything back in place and, and neat, and, and it's just very colorful. I think it's even looking better than before. <laughs> and we're very lucky. We had three and a half inches of rain here, but it's high and dry. Even the retention area has no water in it. That is really a That's great amazing. To our yeah. location. It is. I'm, just, I'm, I'm really kind of surprised. So how many hurricanes have you been through living in Florida? Oh. Well, several dozen, actually. I remember just a young child in uh, Palmetto, Florida. This eye of the hurricane came over, you know, and it was just about to blow the house down. And then all of a sudden, it was just definitely quiet. And we'd run out in the yard, you know, and and my father would say, you better get inside. The other side is coming back. (laughs) Sure enough. We, that that's that's wonderful. Uh, so so, what makes a wind resistant tree for Florida? Well, Dana? well, natives are the first choice for me if you want a wind wind resistant tree. Native trees that are adapted to the conditions that evolved here in Florida that stood the winds over the century, like red cedars, you know, hollies, oaks, magnolias. They're all natives. And a lot of other trees, you know, that have been introduced are very cold hardy, like crepe myrtles and all the deciduous fruit trees that have little wind resistance. Things like uh, fajoa is very wind resistant, loquats. Olive trees are very wind resistant. The three in my neighborhood uh, suffer no damage, no loss of limbs. And so there's a lot of trees, you know, you can plant 
that uh, are excellent, even in the strong winds. I, I, so is there a special way to plant them so that they're more wind resistant? Do you have to look at what side of the house you're putting them on or how, how, how does that work? Well, if, if a tree has some susceptibility to the wind, of course you want to put them, you know, near the house because initially most of the hurricanes, of course, are in the northern hemisphere going counterclockwise and the winds are going to be coming in from the northeast. And so if you put them on the south side of the house where generally the strongest initial wind is, that would be one thing to consider. Uh, make sure you stake them, though. I mean, if if you want to make sure that it's staked and rooted in properly, that and uh, so we, you probably want to talk about that too. It's very important to stake, especially trees that have a lot of canopy or are tall, top, top heavy. Initially, you need to get it staked and rooted in well. Well, so I saw a few palm trees that were newly planted and staked well, but that they had fallen over. And so the majority of new staked palms that I've seen driving this past couple of weeks, they, 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 they did well during um, Ian and Nicole. Are there certain types of palms that are more wind-resistant than others? Well, the, the native cabbage palm, uh, of course, you know, the, that is really, really important, you know, to use natives again, and make sure when you stake them, make sure you don't put nails in the trunk. I mean, that could start an infection of some type of fungus. And mm -hmm. so you want to use like two by four boards or planks, like three of them on the trunk, and then use like a band and with very short nails that don't go into the trunk, attach those bands of, of metal to those like three, four, two by fours, and then use long two-by-fours, here again using very short nails so they're anchored in. And, and when you put those long two-by-fours, three of them up uh, on the trunk to support it against those planks and uh, bands, put small stakes at the end of the board so they don't, you know, get loose or right. start to wobble. And then the tree is going to stand those winds. That's so important to be properly staked. So on um so the best management for uh practices for growing a strong tree um you know that includes fertilizer right Exactly you want to be very careful with fertilizer when you first establishing a tree if you do very lightly like you're salting a steak and mix it in with your potting soil or compost and and use it you know judiciously most people overuse potting soil or compost when they plant. Use it lightly. You don't want to just put it straight in straight peat or compost because then the roots don't want to grow out into the native soil. So mix a little bit in, and, uh, of course, the, more, the bigger the plant, the bigger the pot, the more you want to put. But use it judiciously, and then you'll be far better off. Dig the hole only as deep as the root ball. Because if you plant it too deeply and soil gets up over the stem, a lot of times it stunts the growth because the stem is not adapted to grow roots. And so it'll try and it stresses the tree. And a lot of times then you get the damage or fungus that will attack that stem where it's trying to grow roots. Well, I have a text message from Linda in Zone 8B, and she's at the... Florida, Georgia line near Lake City. She wanted to know what extra care she should give to her recently purchased satsumas and ruby red grapefruits in large containers to survive the winter. And then she asked, could she plant them in the ground now? Um, she has one older satsuma in ground under an oak tree that has done great for years, but the ruby she is concerned about. What would you tell her? Well, I would tell her at this point, you know, in North Florida, wait until the spring, uh, February or, or March, to plant them. However, if you do plant them, make sure that you have a way to protect them initially. And uh, if you don't fertilize, then that'll be a good thing, too. You know, hold off on fertilizing until the spring. You don't want to put anything around them that will stress them like fertilizer right now on newly planted trees. Don't cut them back when you plant them. 
and then be prepared to cover them like you talk about often mm-hmm. if there is a freeze. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that I'm really impressed because citrus used to grow all the way up through Georgia at one time. They used to have a great agricultural citrus crop there, right? That's true, but there are a number of growers coming back up around Valdosta in that area. I've, I've seen them, and there's quite a bit of an industry now on more cold-hardy varieties and especially fruit like the Satsumas. Mm-hmm. So it is an industry that's coming back, but people now have better ways to uh, cold protect, like with uh, that microjet irrigation with like 15 gallons per hour of water. you got to use lots of water volume to protect them, you know, and right. continue to spray. Right. But that's more for a commercial industry, not the, the homeowner, right? Right, exactly. Okay. So my husband, Tony, wanted me to ask you about cocktail trees and the citrus cocktail tree. What What would you tell him? Well, I would tell him that my grandfather used to plant a lot of cocktail trees, and uh, at first they looked great. You got multiple varieties like tangerine and oranges and grapefruit on the same tree. But then one will dominate, and pretty soon you go back right to the same uh, variety, just one variety. So it's better to plant. If you want three varieties, you can plant them fairly close so that you can have them, but put them on separate trees so that they are sustainable and they last a long time. By the way, we have eight types of citrus and 21 varieties. We have a great selection of citrus trees here at Quality Green. I think that's wonderful. And, it's you know, on Wednesday, right before Nicole hit, I was down in Polk County, and I saw them planting, you know, citrus, two-foot-tall citrus trees in, in the groves right, at the, right on the highway's edge. And so people are going back, and we are planting, and so it's a good time to be buying a citrus tree right now. That's true. And actually, citrus trees are pretty wind-resistant. I remember in Hurricane Donna back in the 60s, sometime around, sometime around 1960, we had some of the citrus trees blown over because you know the soil was so wet but we up we 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 lifted them up we put them upright and they didn't miss a beat they didn't miss a beat that's wonderful that they deer like them though so don't they oh oh yeah so you got to be careful when you plant them when they're young you need to put really? some type of protection you know or electric fence Otherwise, they will pull them out of the ground. You know, they love to nibble on them. That's true. Dana, where where can our audience find Quality Green Specialists in DeLand, and what is your website real quick? We're at 335 West Michigan Avenue, just northwest of downtown DeLand, and just west, three and a half blocks west of the Stetson campus. And uh, our phone number is 386-837-3878 or 734-8000. The website is qualitygreenspecialist, with an S, dot com. Come by. It's looking really good. You will never believe there was a hurricane that just came through. Thank you so much, Dana. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Have a great show, Teresa. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's take a break right now. It's the perfect time to get a text message to us. At 23680, you can call one 455 2967 I'm Teresa Watkins from the Summit Responsible Solutions Studios. If it's Saturday morning, you're listening to Better Lawns and Gardens, and this is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, you might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. U.S. Med partners with over 500 private insurance companies and Medicare. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill your insurance. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-513-1652. 
That's 800-513-1652. I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. As a young teenage boy, I didn't even know what autism was. How do you even spell that? A few years later, I heard that a friend's cousin's son had been diagnosed with autism. I still wasn't sure what that really meant. When I went to college, my roommate's brother had autism. When I moved to the city for work, my best friend called me and told me his son had been diagnosed with autism. We were both in shock. I still remember the day I walked into the house and saw that look on my wife's face. I knew something was wrong. I'll never forget how I felt when she said, our son has autism. Autism is getting closer to home. Today, one in 88 children is diagnosed with autism. That's a 1,000% increase in the last 40 years. Learn more at autismspeaks.org signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. I'm in almost every school bus and classroom. I go to school with your children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. You've seen me around the neighborhood, and you've told me I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every four children in America, and I'm struggling with hunger. This problem is closer than you think. My teacher tells me we could grow up and be whatever we want. I want to grow up and be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. There's enough food in this country to feed everyone. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for kids like me, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. If you're a parent and are worried about your child's social and emotional development, you may have asked yourself questions like, am I over-worrying this issue? Are my son's tantrums typical? What if my daughter has a disability? If so, you're not alone. Thankfully, researchers are helping parents answer these questions. In fact, there's a new groundbreaking study on childhood mental health through Duke University. The Autism and Beyond study is aimed to test new video technology that can analyze a child's emotions and behaviors. And this will lead to tools that will eventually determine an earlier diagnosis. Because the early years of a child's development really matter, children with autism and mental health issues can have fruitful lives when they receive that early diagnosis. Would you like to learn more? Then just visit today disabilitycampaign.org. Welcome back to Better Lawns and Gardens. Good morning to everyone out there, especially those of you who are texting us and telling us good morning. We appreciate that. I'm Teresa Watkins. I'm a horticulturist, landscape designer, garden author. If you have a gardening question that's on your mind, we can help you. So you can give us a call at one 455 2967 or you can text me at 23680, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, we have some great questions here. So um, one text message in Mount Dora. Good morning. Thank you. My um, Their golden Duranta has white flies. 
and she sprayed them with spinosad uh, insect spray. Is this what she should use, and how often should she spray? So I'm really interested in that your golden duranta has white flies, uh, only because they really are a kind of pest-free plant. And so I'm kind of wondering why you have white flies. So I'm wondering what the location is, um, if it's not getting good air circulation, if it's stressed out, um, maybe not getting enough fertilizer, or it's getting pruned too often. I'm just kind of wondering, there's some stress issues there if your Duranta has um, some uh, white fly issues. Now, the spinosad should work. Um, you might have to use two applications, uh, and you would follow the label for the timing on that. But um, if not, if you've used the spinosad or you can't seem to get rid of the white flies, then I would switch to something else. I would use either neem oil uh, or uh, some kind of horticultural oil uh, for your um, next um, application. Find out why you're getting it, though, and that's going to solve the issue. Uh, you know, it's always important to have good air circulation when you have pest problems. Uh, there's a reason why. So figure that out and um, let us know. I would, I'd love to know why, because they are a, a, a nice plant that does, usually doesn't get um, insects. So then we have a question, the mega watering for protecting the citrus trees. You mean full coverage spraying or just root flooding? Well, for one tree, I'm not gonna I'm gonna tell you not to do anything, okay, because you really have to put on that water and have a lot of water on it. And um and it's just not that beneficial. If it's a small citrus tree, you can cover it with a frost blanket and protect that root system. And the watering needs to be done a couple of days before we get a freeze. So as we're coming into that season, let me just say that look at the weather, you know, on Sundays, just get into a routine of looking what, of what it's going to be like for the entire week. We know when we're going to be getting cold spells because we can see the fronts coming down from uh, up north and they push down into the state. So we can kind of tell when we're going to have a freeze about a week ahead of time. Either it's coming over from Texas, coming down from Georgia, and uh, and so if you know we're going to get a freeze that week, water your plants well two to three days ahead of time. That's going to give the plant, the shrub, the tree, the fruit tree, the time it needs to absorb that water and be hydrated. That's the best way to do it. If you do not water, and I will say that usually when we get a cold front, we usually get rain before it. So that kind of is Mother Nature's way of saying we need to water before a, you know, a storm or a, and a cold temperatures come through. So that's, you know, kind of uh, Mother Nature's way of saying we need to do that. But if you don't get the rain, do it a couple of days beforehand and your plant should be fine uh, for a mild freeze. If it stays freezing for two to three days, all bets are off. That's what damaged our citrus industry in the right. 80s. So, you know, it's, you know, we, we don't need it below freezing for long periods of time. But just a couple of hours, maybe a dip below freezing, your citrus tree should be just fine. Uh, so in Carroll, Georgia, good morning. Uh, when is the best time to fertilize my pear trees and the best fertilizers? Okay, so pear trees, you want to fertilize. It's going to go dormant, so don't do it now. Okay, it's going to go dormant, lose all its leaves. And then it's, um, you know, going to go into a sinensis. Think of that word, dirty word what? of the day. Sinensis. Uh, that dirty word of the day is today. So uh, we'll talk about that in the second hour. But, uh, you know, your pear tree is going to lose all its leaves. And then you want to fertilize before the bud breaks, which is usually um, you fertilize in January and the buds start to come out in late January, first part of February. So that's the appropriate time. And then you want to do it again in June. Now you want to put down one and a half inches per year of tree age. So let's say your, you know, uh, tree is two to three years old. You're going to want to put down one and a half pounds times three. Well, we'll all do that in our in computation. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then for each year of the tree, up to 15 pounds per tree. Okay, so this is why it's important when you're growing, uh, you know, lots of uh, fruit trees that you're fertilizing with the appropriate amount. Just sprinkling a cup around a tree 
isn't always doing what it, you know, is not enough for the tree to be able to produce an, a, a, a good harvest. So um, you'll do that in January and June, and uh, it should be just fine. Now, what kind of fertilizer sh- can you use? For fruit trees, it's important to have balanced uh, fertilizers. You want it like a 666-888-101010. And um, what that does is it gives it the nutrients it needs to, you know, produce leaves, to go through, uh, you know, flowering and produce fruit, and then ha- develop a deep and healthy root system. Okay. You also want to see, you know, adding minor nutrients, micronutrients, azomite, and other products uh, that will give it the extra nutrients that it needs to as well, besides nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Now, okay. Now, so, what does that fertilizer look like? Is it like, uh, is it soil? Is it granules? Is it liquid? I would, I, I prefer slow release and I prefer, uh, uh, that it be granular. Okay. Okay. Slow release fertilizers last longer. They're there when uh, the nutrients are there when the plant needs them, and you know quick release fertilizers like liquid. Um, it's they're appropriate with, for like vegetables and annuals, plants that aren't going to be there for a long time, mm-hmm. and you want to have a really quick harvest. And so uh, that's when I would use liquid fertilizers, or if you just want a, a quick pick me up. Slow release fertilizers are best for just the every. All plants in landscape. Okay. Okay. And then that way um, it re- pre- um, it releases the nutrients slowly. It's there when the plant needs them. It may be a little bit more expensive to buy at the beginning, but you're not having to, you know, fertilize as often. If you're using liquid fertilizer, you're out there every two weeks fertilizing. Oh, wow. And it's a lot of time and it's a lot of labor. So, and it, and it gets to be more expensive. Plus, you can do a little bit more damage with liquid fertilizers. And so, you know, um, it's, it's important that you follow the label, put down the amount on the label. More is not better, especially, <laughs> especially this time <laughs> of the year. And so you, you, you can burn a plant. Always make sure your plants are hydrated before you fertilize a couple of days ahead of time. That way they can handle. Because at its base, fertilizer is basically salt. And so you want to make sure that your plants are hydrated so that they can absorb the nutrients safely. Listening to Better Lawns and Gardens, I'm Teresa Watkins. We'll be back with more. This is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. If you you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call US Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. Or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003. Call right now. That number is 
Welcome back to Better Lawns and Gardens. Had a great question last week from Pam. She said her cassia and yesterday, today, and tomorrow are blooming very early. Does this have anything to do with Ian? And uh, it's a great question. Cassias are the beautiful yellow uh, flowering trees that you're seeing right now um, that um, are host plants for the sulfur butterfly, the yellow sulfur butterfly. And so I love those. And then yesterday, today, and tomorrow's are the um, large shrubs that get deep purple, royal purple flowers one day. And then the next day they turn lavender. And then the next day, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, then they, they turn white on their last day. And so you can have purple, lavender, and white on your plants all, um, all at the same time. So I love them. And they're just really very nice for a patio and courtyard. I love it. So no, Pam, your cassia is blooming right on time. They are a winter blooming uh, your shrub or tree. And it's, uh, it's just a beautiful tree. It gives us that wonderful pop of color in the wintertime. So uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow's, they bloom uh, really profusely in late spring and throughout the summer, um, but then bloom occasionally year-round. So I would say yes. Your question, um, is it associated with Ian? I think Ian really helped, uh, you know, kind of stimulate a production stress on the plant that causes it to flower and gave it impetus. We did have a couple of dry spells this summertime. And uh, so uh, I think that's, um, you know, the rainfall, we definitely needed it. Um, And so, yes, great question. And I think so. I think it did have something to do with Hurricane Ian. Let's go to Edgar in Orlando. Good morning, Edgar. Hello. Hi, Edgar. You're on the air. How can I help you? Good Good morning. I have a Tobochina tree. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's got to be maybe 12 years old. Mm -hmm. It it was pretty healthy until Ian came through. Uh And then uh, this last hurricane, of course, it took a wind beating. And half the tree was blocked by the house. Half wasn't. Now, the half that was blocked, it still looks good. Uh... But the other half, it, it looks like it's dead. Uh-huh. What's the prognosis for this tree? Okay. And so it has no leaves on like half of it, let's say. Correct. Okay. So what I want you to do is, how t- I mean, is it full all the way to the ground or is it a, um, a, um, a specimen and it's like a tree with no leaves on the bottom? Right. It's a, it's a tree. It's not a shrub. It's a tree. No, okay. no, it's a tree. Okay. All right. So what I need you to do is this morning, is it light outside right now? It, so you just go out, and I want you to scrape back either with your fingernail or with a small little pen knife. I sometimes use keys that are in my pocket. And you just scrape back the bark uh, of, the, of the branch on the outside. So start at the outside and scrape towards the inside. If you see green on it, then it's going to flush right back out again, and it'll probably look, you know, better by, uh, you know, in four to five months. If there is no green underneath and it's all brown, it will, it's, it's, it's dying, and it just took a beating from the storm, and you may want to cut it back. So I really would not cut it back now because we're going into our winter time, and I don't really want to stretch, um, you know, um, kind of stress it more stress it more uh, by producing new leaves that get hit by any winter so you're in Orlando and tibichinas um, are really good with our our t- temperatures but if we get a really severe cold frost in December um, it may zap it more so go back so go out and scrape it just a little bit see if it's green and if it's green just be patient and see what happens with the leaves uh Okay, on on any branch, just about right. Yeah, on any branch, I would just start just start on the branch on the outside of the tree. So I wouldn't go on the inside right. and scrape it. Just start at the outside, and you'll and you'll see immediately if it's green or brown. And uh, okay. if if it is, if it's green, just leave it alone. If it's brown, I kind of would say leave it alone too, because you know with wintertime, the whole tree may get zapped, and uh, you know it can start over fresh in February, March. So when is the best time to prune it? After about, it flowers. Okay. Okay, because they bloom all year round. 
Right. Okay, so I would say if, if, a, if a shrub blooms all year round or a tall tree blooms all year round, uh, then I would say after it flowers in the springtime, I would say April, May, June, and then again mm-hmm. in August and September if you want to keep it at a certain height. Okay. Okay, but any time so after it flowers, you can do it. Okay, thank you again. You're welcome, Edgar. Thank you for calling in. All right, so if you have a question, you can give us a call, one 455 We've got a few more minutes, uh, 455-2967, or you can text at 23680. We got a text message that says they appreciated the guidance. Thank you. She wishes everyone would plant and enjoy backyard fruit trees. And uh, I agree with you. It's just we're in Florida. We can grow fruit trees and, you know, edible landscapes all year round. Right. And we should, you know, uh, it used to be you could go into any backyard and, and you know, get citrus uh, uh-huh. and bananas and all avocados. avocados and loquats. I remember eating loquats as a kid. Is that and the same as kumquats? No, they're different. It's okay. a different tree. Um, it's a Japanese plum. Um, but they kind of taste the same. Uh, the kumquats have a thicker skin on them. Ah. They're, there's more citrus. You know, they, they're both in the citrus family, but the kumquats have a, a thick rind on it that's thicker than loquats. Loquats okay. you can just eat right through. Pop it up. It's got a big seed in the middle, so don't crunch it because uh, you'll break your teeth. Ah. And, uh, <laughs> wow. you know, yeah, exactly. Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, but you know, we should really, it's, it would be wonderful to go out and just pull a grapefruit off the tree. And I think people are yearning to do that. And that's the way it used to be. And it was just, especially here in Florida with all the different citrus that you would find. And you always had the neighbors and they would allow you, you know, as long as you asked ahead of time, because you never just wanted to go in their yard. But all of our neighbors, they would have citrus cheese or lemon tree, you know, well, I guess lemon and citrus, but you know, and it's just, it was just nice because if you wanted to have something either in your tea or part of your salad or part of your meal, yes. all you had to do is just ring up the next door neighbor and be like, hey, can I grab a couple of lemons or can I have a couple of oranges? And it just, and it was always impressive that. for your, your northern family to come down, my family from Scotland, they would just see the mm-hmm. fruit trees, you know, on the trees and it would just be wonderful. And my mom used to make, like I said, we, my mom loves citrus and ruby red grapefruits, just cut it open, put sugar on it. Yes. And use the little, grapefruit spoons yes we i still the, have those <laughs> yes i love those we should all look for you know i i, I want to get grapefruit spoons and, and use them again and i still have the what i call the uh orange straw which was plastic and had a little like the the jagged edge and you would plunge it right into that orange and then you would squeeze the orange and you could drink it because it had like a little spout on it i still have that <laughs> That would be great. And mangoes, mangoes and papayas. And I will tell you, the mango trees and the papaya trees here in Central Florida are huge. Yes. And what does that tell you? It tells you we have not had a cold winter for quite a few years. And uh, so, because usually you don't see them on our street. We have a neighbor that has the most beautiful mango tree, dark green leaves. It's full. It's about 20 feet tall. And it is huge. It's almost like an oak tree. It's so big. It just gives you that much uh, canopy. And uh, it does very well. And they have avocados. And, you know, it's just something that we should try and get back to doing again. I agree. And uh, people, uh, you know, you can go to Quality Green Specialists in Deland and and select one. And this is the time of the year that you could actually, you know, see the fruit on the trees when you buy them. You can True. buy a, you know, a 10-gallon, 5-gallon tree, uh, you know, all the way up to a 100-gallon tree and see the fruit on it so you know that it's producing. And uh, you you can do that. If you are thinking about growing an avocado tree yourself, just have to know that, you know, it will produce from the seed, which is a huge, huge thing you know a kindergarten project mm-hmm. <laughs> with toothpicks and a glass of water dirty water and uh, lots of roots uh, but it's going to be about five to seven years before you get a fruit off of it just be patient it's be worth patient it. yeah but you can buy a grafted avocado and have avocados the first year this is true and so you know you can do that uh, and uh, you know just to get it from a quality grower if you are buying citrus you want to make sure you're getting them from a, a quality grower like uh, Quality Green Specialist so that you know that they're certified citrus greening free. And we'll have um, Dana on 
and talk about the citrus greening in a few weeks, though. So one triple eight four five five two nine six seven, or you can um, you know text us at two three six eight zero with your memories of yes. uh, you know the citrus, and uh, so we we love that. And uh, you know, ask your questions. What can you be growing right now? And this is important because. You know, we're going into wintertime, and you don't have to be concerned about your vegetables when you are uh, growing for, um, uh, you know, here in Florida. So you can be planting beets and broccoli, Brussels sprouts and cabbages, carrots and cauliflower and celery, Chinese cabbage, collards and endives, kale, kohlrabi, lettuce and mustard, onions and peas. Radicchio, radishes, rhubarb, rutabagas, which is what my mom, we grew up eating. We called them turnips, um, but they were rutabagas. Uh, the turnips are white. The rutabagas are the orange, and they're so delicious. Spinach, Swiss chard, and turnips right now. And uh, Gary Bachman, from our, our friend from Extension, yes. and he is sending us some seeds from his wide collection of peppers. Ooh. And so we're really excited to, to get those. And so uh, good morning, Gary, if you're out there, Gary and Katie. And uh, we look forward to it. We're going to be back with more of Better Lawns and Gardens. You can go to our Facebook page, please, and like us. And, yes. And, and that would be great. We've got so many new people um, following us on Facebook page. And you can find out so much information. You can ask your question there. Or you can go to our website, betterlawns.com. And you can ask a question there uh, and send us a picture of what you're growing. And it's always great to tell us where you live, your name, and that will help me kind of give you the right information as yes. to zones and what you should do. And so we would love that uh, to hear from you. Uh, those of you in South Florida, Miami, and Fort Lauderdale, uh, we're reaching out to you this morning. Let us know what you're dealing with there uh, with the warm temperatures and the sunny skies. You're listening to Better Lawns and Gardens if it's Saturday morning. I'm Teresa Watkins, and this is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. 